It's time for episode 179 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, March the 8th, 2017. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the podcast that knows a watched clock never boils. I'm Jason Snell, and across the internet from me, my co-host is always Mr. Dan Morin. Hi, Dan. Hi, Jason. I think Salvador Dali would take a, a umbrage at your, your introduction there. Were you watching those clocks? You oh, were they, not. I guess I, well, I don't know. They, they melted more than boiled, They melted while Salvador Dali had his back turned. Dan, welcome back from Seattle, by the way. You, you participated in the Emerald City Comic Con last week, and you seem to have brought our guests back with you because they're both from the Pacific Northwest. I know. I, you know, they followed me home. I uh, packed them in the suitcase. Yeah, and after 30 minutes of service, they can go back to their home. Homes. To my left, uh, two-time Jeopardy champion, frequent Macworld contributor, and uh, professional letter—no, amateur letterpress operator. Uh, uh, but it's Glenn Fleischman. Welcome back, Glenn. Hello. I'm I'm here to make an impression. Ah, <laughs> oh, this show's over now. <laughs> uh, to my left, it's a first timer. On Clockwise, she's an original volunteer with App Camp for Girls. Kelly Gamont is here. Hi, Kelly. Hi. Welcome to the show for the first time. Thanks. This is gonna. Be, I'm really excited to be here. I think this is gonna be a lot of fun. We'll see how well, it goes. We're delighted <laughs> to have you. All right, I will go first with the first of our four technology topics. And I was wondering if all of you have a tech service or product that you refuse to use for specific reasons, something that you're personally boycotting. Uh, you know, this is a constant ongoing problem for me because um, there's a problem, which is that so many people are bad, Jason. So many people <laughs> I know, I know, right? So it's instead of like a bad list, I have a ranked by order of badness list. And, you know, there's times when I've thought I can never buy something from Amazon again because of their union policies or warehouse or working conditions or all, I mean this endless list and yet I have a prime account and I keep buying from them and I think am I a hypocrite I did not just uninstall but I went through the steps to delete my Uber account uh, a few weeks ago after you know it seemed like they were trying to break a uh, taxi protest um, related to the immigration uh, uh, ban back a few weeks ago in New York City and uh, there's a, this the timeline is a little disputed so maybe not but I finally had it I, and I I actually went through the steps on Uber's site. And I know that's a popular one to uh, to hate because the company has seemingly had, especially in the weeks since I deleted the app, even worse uh, things going yeah, on. Than I was going to say, remember when we hated Uber for its predatory business practices and not because how, <laughs> of how it trades its employees? Good times. Oh, Good yeah. times. Oh, the olden days. <laughs> oh, man. Well, in my youth, I remember uh, being vociferously against Microsoft because of, you know, I was a dyed-in-the-wool Apple user. And, and of course, as I've gotten older, um, I've found myself using many Microsoft products, some of which I even enjoy using. So that that's gone. That was all done for some sort of you know bizarre tribalism too, right? Like there was no actual legit reason for me not to do that. Um, but I guess you know I've been racking my brains. I think unfortunately the the best example I do have is Uber um, because I did delete the app. I didn't go as far as deleting my entire account, although I guess I probably should at some point. So. Uh, I'm going to go with Uber right now just because I feel like that's the one that is the forefront of my mind. But yeah, any other technology companies, if you if you tick me off, you're gone. You're out. <laughs> <laughs> Plus one Uber. 
But the one that I don't use is GoDaddy because a few years back, uh, they made it abundantly clear that I was not a hot enough girl to be their customer. And so <laughs> I quit using them. All right. These are great answers. I don't really have something here. I, I am the closest I come, I think, is Facebook, which I use at arm's length. But at the same time, I set up a couple of Facebook groups recently. And, and the thing is, there's lots of people on Facebook. That's how they get you. It's like not a bad place to set up a, a, a Facebook group and have people uh, talk with one another. I have that for a couple podcasts. So I'm not currently boycotting anything, I think, but I do t- I, there's some services that I kind of hold at arm's length. Uh, to Glenn's point, there is that I'm going to I'm going to boycott Amazon and start using Walmart. It's like, yeah, you know, everybody's bad. You got to decide <laughs> what kind of bad you're willing to stomach. That's just how it is. It's like airlines. So, thank you for all of your input. That's great. Glenn, what's your topic? Well, my topic is it sounds like a horror movie. There are dolls in your house. They listen to you. They watch you. They tell other people about you. Unfortunately, it's just the internet of things. And in the last few weeks, two separate doll spying stories. I mean, that's the, that's the world we live in. The doll, uh, doll called Kayla that, uh, is meant for like interaction with kids. It uses nuance on the back end to handle voice processing. And the uh, federal uh, network agency in German bandit, they literally said it is verboten. This is not a joke. Um, as an espionage device because of poor security over, uh, this is what they allege, poor security over Bluetooth, plus the fact that utterances by children and other people in the vicinity are being sent to remote servers without proper disclosure and so forth. So it is forbidden for sale in Germany now. And in fact, parents could be fined simply for owning the device, although the agency says it won't do it. And if that were enough, another doll, a teddy bear uh, that allowed parents and kids to exchange like voicemail messages through it. It uh, had no protection, zero password on its database. So millions of recordings were leaked and database information. After that story broke, it turned out the doll could be uh, reverse hacked to spy on you as well. So it's not bad enough that we have Alexa listening to us, poss- you know, voluntarily. One assumes you, you purchased one. I know Dan has one. Uh, but um, there's all these things in our house and these things we carry with us that listen to us, that send information off to remote places and, uh, you know, they kind of know what's going on with us. Now, how comfortable uh, are you with the notion um, – oh, I'm sorry. And the one more thing too is the WikiLeaks dump included the fact that the CIA had ostensibly hacked or had the ability to hack Samsung televisions to listen to us while they appeared to be off. Uh, and then there was the Vizio situation where Vizio was just uh, uh, had a action against it because uh, of how they were collecting information about our viewing habits without our knowledge. So all this together – uh, do you want things in your house to be listening to you? Do you want them to be watching you? Are you are you invested in the Internet of Spy things? Uh, I just pretend that I'm always on a podcast and that it's thus, you know, those are all just they're just podcasts that only a very small number of people listen to uh, or computers. Um, you know, I have multiple voice activated assistants here. And if there's anything we've known for years about uh, devices, essentially with microphones on them is that they can pretty much all be turned against you in some way. Same thing with webcams, right? There's a reason that we have so many people, uh, you know, who put tape over their webcams, uh, including I think Mark Zuckerberg in a in a post not long ago. Um, and yeah, it's weird. And yeah, it's something that is potentially risky. I guess for me, it always just becomes a sort of like, how how paranoid do I want to be? It's not that any of these things couldn't happen. It's that are they happening? And that's for me. I mean, everybody has different thresholds. Everybody gets to decide what they're comfortable with and what they're not comfortable with. I don't worry too much about my echo 
um, if only because I think Amazon does have a vested interest in trying to keep that information as secure and private as possible. If something happens there and I'm proved wrong, well, I guess I'll have to reconsider my approach. But for right now, uh, I feel pretty okay with where I'm at. I'm with you on the Echo. Um, and that's why I have the Amazon unit and not the Google unit. Um, because I haven't seen Amazon do anything spectacularly creepy with the information that they have on me. Um, it seems like they use that information almost against me. Like if you bought, you know, if you bought all these felt tip markers, maybe you want some coloring books, you know, stuff like that. Like that's kind of the only thing that, that I see Amazon doing with that information. And like you said, it's in their vested interest to make sure that that stuff is, is secure. So for me, it's more, um, like I've taken basic steps. Like I didn't need any of the stuff that came on our new television. And so none of it's enabled. There's no accounts entered into anything. Like all of the stuff that, that allows it to do anything interesting is disabled because I didn't want it so that I could listen to Pandora on my TV or whatever. I just wanted a new bigger screen than the one that I had. You know, like you said, how, how paranoid do you want to be? And I'm not very paranoid. I try to be aware. I thought through what Amazon wanted to do with that information. So when, when we were looking at devices we could use to sort of boss the house around with voice control, uh, that's why we went with Amazon, because I have this sort of knee-jerk reaction to giving Google any more data about me than they already have. So I feel like there's only two ways that this is going to change. And because I think of so many of these products are made by companies that are clueless about about security. So one is that the government will regulate it. And in the United States, it seems like more regulations aren't going to happen. But uh, perhaps the, the in the EU, that will happen. The other thing is just for customers to reject this stuff because it matters to them that the that their devices be secure and private. And I noticed the other day that Consumer Reports noted that they're going to look at privacy policies and security policies policies as part of their evaluation of every product. So I feel like we're going to, maybe that will help a little bit get us down this road. But uh, personally, for me, the always on microphone products from major companies that um, you could theoretically look at their traffic and see that they're they're built to only send when you you issue the key phrase. I'm kind of okay with that, at least for now. Um, Video stuff where there's a where there's a camera that could potentially be recording, you know, every Everything in your house all the time, I'm less uh, comfortable with. So that's sort of where I draw the line. I turn that stuff on when I leave, but I don't have it on all the time when I'm home. Well, this has all been recorded. It'll be used against you in the future. But I, uh, <laughs> but I uh, don't have any. I try to have the stupidest home possible for now, and uh, I don't have anything that listens to me except all the Apple devices I have with Siri turned on. Well, that's so I the guess thing, right? I trust it, right? Let's take a break and tell you about our halftime sponsor. It's Linode. Uh, Linode gives you fast, powerful hosting for your product for your projects. You can set it up in just seconds. They have easy to understand tools that let you choose your re- resources, your Linux distro. You get the power and flexibility that you need. Plans start at a mind-boggling low price, $5 a month. That's for a Linux server with one gig of RAM in the cloud, $5 a month. Linode servers offer industry-leading performance. They have native SSD storage, Intel E5 processors, access to a 40 gigabit network. There are nine different data centers spread all across the world, giving you the ability to serve your customers quickly. There's an API so you can automate tasks or develop custom applications in the cloud. Simple scaling, allowing you to resize your servers with just a couple of clicks. I expanded the storage on my server 
the other week. A couple of clicks, done, took no time at all. All manageable via the command line. All of Linode's pricing tiers are featuring hourly billing with a monthly cap, which means you won't get any surprises, even if you add on services like backups and node balancers. Some great pricing options. So one gig of RAM and a server, $5 a month, all the way up to 16 gigs of RAM for $60 a month. The two gig plan includes 30 gigs of storage for $10 a month. There are more and more awesome options all the time to meet your needs. Across the board, they're offering twice the amount of RAM you'll get elsewhere. And as a listener to Clockwise, if you go to linode.com slash clockwise, that's L-I-N-O-D-E dot com slash clockwise, you will support us and get $20 toward any Linode plan. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, there's nothing to lose. So go to linode.com slash clockwise to learn more, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit, or just use the promo code clockwise2017 when you check out. Thank you to Linode for sponsoring Halftime of Clockwise. All right, Dan, on to topic number three. What do you have? Well, it's uh, the middle of tax season in the U.S., so uh, my question for you guys are, is, uh, especially for those of you that are freelancers, which I think is many, if not most of you, um, how do you manage your finances? What tech tools or resources do you use? Are there apps that you found useful? Do you roll your own spreadsheet? Uh, how do you approach this kind of thing? Kelly? Mr. Kelly. <laughs> that's, my, that's my answer. Um, I hand him all my receipts, and he uh, actually... Uh, that's like the the Hollywood Squares answer. The real answer is um, I track all my receipts using Expensify and because I can email them or I can take a picture and upload if I get a paper receipt and I have all of them in one place. And then in addition, all of the quarterly taxes and, and that sort of stuff, uh, my husband handles with uh, QuickBooks and just uses QuickBooks to do all of that in a uh, Parallels instance on his MacBook Pro. We use Mint to do some tracking stuff, and the business gets uh, put in QuickBooks. My answer is actually also that my spouse is the one who does this. She's the one with the business degree. (laughs) So uh, outsource is what I'm saying. Outsource to your partner. And, uh, and yeah, and then beyond that, you know, I am keeping track of my expenses and I have separate accounts for business and for personal and we, we watch it that way. But, um, but I have, we, we do use mint for personal expense tracking and, uh, switch there from Quicken, use QuickBooks for the business. And, uh, and again, Lauren is the one who is watching that more than me. I used Quick in 2007. It was good enough for my grandfather. It's good enough yeah. for me. It's um, it's still a remark. The, the the thing that's astonishing to me is, despite having tried things like Mint and um, gosh, I've tried oh, I, what it was it used to be iBank. I forget the current name. I've tried a lot of competitors, and I even uh, when Quick in 2000, whatever it was, came out when they came out with a full version. Uh, Intuit was incredibly honest. They had this page. It was like, here's this Quick in 2007 features. Here's what we've implemented in this new version eight years later and it was really not a good match and over time they've added things back in occasionally i update it and look at it and see and there's some great things about the new version of quicken uh, but it's still it doesn't do basic things that i use to run my business with just simple categorization and reports i cannot do them in um in other things i do have an accountant for taxes so there is that so um the one of the most useful things i got uh, years ago was a scan snap, which is a two-sided, uh, I got the small document feed version that you, you know, you put stuff through and it slides it through a small box, but you can get, um, uh, heavy duty versions. I do process much less paper these days, but I still, for tax season especially, have piles of documents. So I, I spend a few hours scanning everything in, uh, it comes out in a PDF, it's OCR'd, and then I can, 
punch all that in and hand off the images as a PDF and all my uh, data in a spreadsheet to my accountant. And they do the uh, the hard work of making sure I don't go to jail by uh, making mistakes <laughs> on my 1040. <laughs> Yeah, well, so I, I spent a while looking at a bunch of different solutions, and there are different things out there that are, you know, have their advantages. I really wanted an app on my my computer that that would handle this kind of thing, but I didn't need something necessarily as complicated as QuickBooks, and so I ended up building my own fairly complicated numbers spreadsheet, which um, you can actually find on Six Colors, since a lot of people ask me for it, and I've enhanced and refined that every year a little bit. Um, it's still not perfect, and some of that is limitations of what numbers can do, um, but it, it does work with my brain, which is an advantage. Uh, and yeah, I like Lynn, I have an accountant that I, I hand a lot of stuff off to. Um, I'm constantly interested in financial uh, software and finding a better way to do this, but I, I just really haven't been very happy with uh, any of the solutions I have tried, uh, and I don't think any of them have anything to offer over what I've built for myself right now, um, but there may come a point at which... Uh, uh, which that becomes necessary. I do. I do also have a partner with a business degree, but she's way too busy to handle my <laughs> stuff. <laughs> uh, so unfortunately, that solution does not work for me. But thanks for your uh, input on that, and maybe I have a couple new uh, options to check out. Uh, we got one more topic. Comes from Kelly. Kelly, what you got for us today? It's it's funny that we talked about the voice controlled units in your house and in Samsung TVs and things because this was this is something that's been on my mind a lot lately, and that is um, having Internet of Things and home automation stuff in your house, which sounds weird, but it makes me really cranky, and I'll tell you why. About four years ago, we moved into a new house, and because we had the opportunity to not have to basically move overnight, you know, out of one house and into another, like we had alternate lodging and everything. So we were able to sort of phase things and do a bunch of stuff while the house was empty. That was pretty great. So we were able to run a bunch of wire and, and, you know, drop ethernet cables in a bunch of rooms and things like, you know, in case and that kind of stuff. It was pretty great. And one of the things that we, um, that we did was we bought a, a home automation brain. And when we went through that, the market now, four years later, for this kind of technology has basically not improved in my estimation. Um, I don't recommend actual home automation to anybody, which sounds weird because I use it, but it's because I don't think most people's idea of a fun Saturday night is sitting home and troubleshooting your network and trying to figure <laughs> out why the door lock doesn't show up. Like this is not a thing. Like I don't even enjoy that. I just know how. So it's not like I want to either. It's just a thing I end up having to do. And I don't want to play network admin, you know, in my house for free. Like, that's no fun. So what I really want to have happen, because there's a bunch of competing standards, everybody built their own or is piggybacking on their own networking protocol in order to make all of this stuff fit together. And I just want to have the VHS Betamax war between all the protocols and find out what the one is that everybody's going to use, whether it's the better one or not, and move on with my life because I'm really tired of having to buy it and then buy a new one. I had Philips Hue lights and I had to go buy a new hub because the hub wasn't HomeKit compatible once HomeKit became a thing. Everything comes with a little box that you have to plug into an Ethernet cable somewhere in your house. And in my house, even though we dropped all that Ethernet cable, I'm out of Ethernet 
unstable mm. places to plug things in. It's terrible and nothing works quite right and nothing works with anything else and everything needs its own app. And I have a lot, like, I know I have a lot of stuff and I know that I'm an edge case in that way, but I have a folder on my phone with three solid pages of just every different app I need to do a thing that's in my house. It's not for me personally. It's because this is never going to take off and turn into something that people actually want to try to use and like put any effort into if it's not going to get them anywhere. And right now, I don't feel like it's going to get them anywhere. I have the the same thing. I, I've decided at this point that if... Uh, if the Amazon Echo and HomeKit don't support it, both, I'm not going to buy it at this point because those are my two primary interfaces. And I think the I think the promise of both of them is that they are roll-up interfaces for everything. So you might have to configure things using different apps or websites, but the idea is that operating them comes into the Home app or Control Center on your uh, in the case of HomeKit or uh, or Siri or it's uh, it's the Amazon Echo. So for me, that's sort of my priority. But I've got some devices that don't work with HomeKit because they preceded it and that's just too bad and it's frustrating so so yeah it's not there yet right this is we are in the it's like the hobbyist era in the 70s and early 80s of home computers where you could have them but they were complicated and the things that everybody tried to say oh you can keep your recipes on it was completely impractical and nobody was going to really do that where that's where <laughs> we are for this stuff in it's easy to see that in 10 years um you know you're going to be able to have like amazing home control of everything but in the meantime it's a hobbyist kind of a mess or a novelty more than anything else. Well, as previously stated, I have a kind of dumb home and I'm proud of my stupid, <laughs> stupid home. Um, there are things about home automation I really do like the notion of, of like uh, when you're away, uh, being able to control things, uh, be able to check sensors remotely. You know, if there's a leak in your water heater or something, having a water detector that goes off so you could call a neighbor. Um, just all, you know, uh, cameras that let you monitor what's going on, uh, alarm systems that are under your control instead of paying some third party to monitor stuff. Like all these things sound great, but I'm uh, Kelly and Jason, I'm totally with you. It's I don't want th- uh, Jim Kelly's three screens of apps. Um, I don't want to pay for stuff that is almost guaranteed to go obsolete. Like I don't think HomeKit as a concept or anything the uh, Echo ecosystem will be abandoned or anything like that. But more like individual companies. Like why would I? There's all these startups. Why would I buy a startup product for something I install in my home that ostensibly I want to use for 10, 20, 30 years? It's not going to last. You know, two years. We've already seen abandoned products. So I. Uh, I I'm in favor of stupid, stupid houses right now. (laughs) I I have a decent number of home automation things, but there are definitely places where I draw the lines. I'm totally okay with the smart lights, although ask my girlfriend. She's not. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) She's mentioned more than one uh, occasion that she needs a panic room with no technology in it. Um, But (laughs) there are definitely things that I am less enamored with, uh, smart locks in particular, and not something that I like. I like the idea of it, but like my mind just immediately goes to all the potential problems. Um, And, uh, you know, so stuff that's sort of a convenience uh, angle, but less of a security risk are, I think, things that I, I tend to focus on. I really like the integration with um the echoes i enjoy having the echo tied into my harmony hub which lets me control aspects of my home entertainment setup like that's a thing that i feel like is actually kind of convenient and doesn't really end up being a huge problem for me or a huge worry for me but i I totally agree that the whole system is is a mess right now everybody's fighting it out to try and figure out what sort of is the winner um as far as the home automation protocols go 
And my experience is that none of them are perfect. All of them have problems. Um, none of them, you know, none of them do all the things that I want them to do, which is super frustrating. Uh, and we're going to end up with almost certainly, I, I'm extremely skeptical that there's going to be a single winner. I think we're going to end up with a lot of big companies pushing their own particular protocols. And there we're going to end up with a very fragmented uh, system. Oh. And I think we already have that. And <laughs> I don't think it's going away anytime soon because I certainly don't feel like I see Apple being like, oh, you know, HomeKit didn't really work out for us. Let's just stop doing it and work with whatever Google's got. Like, just, I don't think that's going to happen. No, um, I just mean like the communication protocol. Sure, of them. I, yeah. So, yeah, I figure everybody will have their own system, but it'll all use Z Wave or something, like maybe. whatever it is. Hard yeah. to say at this point, right? Like everybody's got different uh, thresholds for what they want. And I think that, you know, the best hope is that you have products that kind of work with multiple protocols. So, I'm hopeful that they will, you know, sort of get their act together and at least make things that work with multiple systems. Um, but I'm not super hopeful <laughs> that there will be one thing to rule them all. I just want something that'll work with multiple people because that HomeKit page that Apple put up looks amazing, but it only looks amazing if you live alone. <laughs> when I tried to set up stuff in HomeKit, I had to set up a house and then I had to invite my husband to my house. How nice of you. And it's... <laughs> ridiculous and i yeah it, it got super frustrating and then it didn't work and then it tried to tell me that i didn't have permission because he tried to set something up and he now has his own house but it's still my house like yeah it's kind of a disaster all right we have uh just time for our bonus topic but let me tell you about the sponsor for the bonus topic it's squarespace you enter offer code clockwise at checkout to get 10 percent off your first purchase make your next move with squarespace you can easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain award-winning templates and more maybe you want to create an online store maybe you want to create a portfolio maybe you want to set up a blog squarespace is an all all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. You don't have to worry about any technical stuff. Squarespace has got it covered. There's award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need help. They let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. And all of those award-winning templates are beautifully designed to show off your great ideas. Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month, but you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up, use the offer code CLOCKWISE and you'll get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for clockwise thank you to squarespace for supporting clockwise make your next move make your next website bonus topic very short and very simple what's the last tv series you really enjoyed looking for some recommendations here glenn uh the good place which i know you've watched but the good place it's a show that's uh surprisingly on nbc was uh short sweet and beautiful and uh didn't insult my intelligence and was funny i i don't understand this jason how did that happen it's amazing uh, man, there are a lot, but I will go with Travelers, which I also know you watch, Jason, which is on Netflix, which is a sci-fi show about time travelers from the future come back to prevent disasters in the present. It's got some really good performances. It's kind of funny. It's Canadian. What's mm. not to like? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Kelly? Um, it's still in the air, but it's the Goldbergs. Um, it's narrated by Patton Oswalt, and it's a sitcom about the 80s, and they're very upfront about uh, it's 1980-something. So you get kind of a mishmash and uh, they occasionally will do a tribute to a particular movie or things like that. And all of it is just 
it it oozes the love of the era and the love of like that particular time. And for me, I'm going to say Legion on FX, which they've only shown four episodes, but they're more coming. I highly recommend it. Uh, very good. It is, yes, based on an X-Men comic, but uh, you don't need to have know anything about that. And it does not feel like other superhero things, if it's indeed a superhero thing at all, because it's hard to know sometimes what exactly you're watching other than to say it is, I think, the best portrayal I've seen of how messed up you might be if you were a telepath. And that's basically what Legion is. So I highly recommend it. And that comes to the end of the show. So just time to thank our guest, Glenn Fleischman. Thank you, as always, for being here. A pleasure. Thank you. Kelly Gamont, thank you so much for your first time on Clockwise. Hope to have you back soon. Thanks so much for having me. Anytime you'd like. Dan, thank you, as always, for co-hosting with me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, definitely. Good to be here. And a shout out to Tom Negrino, longtime Macworld contributor. Uh, Tom is uh, Tom is dying, basically, and he's going to be leaving us soon. And he is one of the longest serving members of the Apple writing community. And we want to uh, express our appreciation publicly to Tom for all the great work that he's done over the years. Tom, we're going to miss you, but job well done, sir. And that's it for this week's edition of Clockwise. Until next time, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody.